Welcome to Mind Release, a playground for mental exploration and discovery. With me, your host, Asia Atwood. Hello and welcome back to episode 10 of Mind Release. And this is a significant number. The number 10, we celebrate our 10th birthday, our 10th anniversary. So I'm happy to have a significant name attached to this episode. And that is Beth Waterfall, my dear friend. Uh, We both entered the cannabis space around the same time. And we were both looking for a way to transition out of our corporate jobs and into cannabis. And, you know, we learned a lot throughout that process. So uh, during this episode, Beth's going to share her story on part one. It's a two-part series. So she'll talk about, you know, kind of some of the stuff that she knew about cannabis before. And then in part two, uh, you'll learn about what she discovered and how that really, you know, worked to create what it is that she does today and how she, um, you know, puts her mark in the, in the, in the cannabis space. So please stick around and enjoy, listen to part one, and then don't forget to jump over to part two. Beth Waterfall. And this one, this is going to be fun. This is a, a good friend of mine, Beth. Um, I, I met Beth uh, back in, I think, I, I think it might have been 2016, but don't quote me on, on it. It could have been earlier. It could have been maybe 2015. I'm not sure. But we've been through a bunch together on this cannabis journey. Um, Beth's been a, a friend, um, a supporter, and also a is our PR consultant as well. So helps me out um, with some of the stuff that I do for, you know, Trella and events and all that type of stuff. But so I want to get into, you know, who Beth is and what she does and her value for the industry, the cannabis industry, because she's incredibly valuable. But I wanted to take up the first portion of this, just kind of explain to everybody how um, incredibly valuable you are to me and how I I appreciate you. So everybody... Beth, Beth Waterfall. Introducing Beth. Beth, please introduce yourself to the Mind Release community. All right. Thank you. Hello, Mind Release community. Uh, first, Aja, of course, thank you so much for inviting me uh, to do this. Um, you inspire me and I appreciate our friendship. Um, we talk about me being a, a PR consultant. I feel like I just, like, what else am I going to talk about? I've, I've met you. I know your business. Like, I'm very proud to, to tell the world about it um, in that professional capacity. Of course, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, and we have been working together a long time now. And I actually do think it was 2015 when we met. Actually, I know it was. You probably don't remember it. Um, it was the night of my first dab, too. Um, it was at the New England Grassroots Christmas party. I do remember that. Oh, and I, I it was crowded was and everybody was smoking. And I remember you and I, our eyes just kind of met because we had each, we were each smoking, but didn't know what to do with it. Like there was no ashtrays. <laughs> um, like, do we just ash on the floor? Like, what do we do here? Uh, we were just a couple rookies um, in this <laughs> smoke filled room with all these people who just knew way more than either of us ever did. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember that night and my, my, uh, my cousin was there and he had an edible and I remember you were leaving and you were kind to him when he, when, when you were leaving the room. Um, and then a few months later, the other kind of imprint I have in my memory of our first kind of uh, interactions was at one of the women grow events where it was at, um, uh, the Cambridge Innovation Center on Milk Street in Boston, 
and we were getting ready to go and I didn't have a mouse or something to operate the slides and you were sitting in front and you had a mouse. Um, and it was, it was like the, the cannabis science, like cannabis chemistry event. Um, but I remember that. And then the rest from there, I don't know, but I do remember those two specific early interactions with you, my friend. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I remember that party at New England Grassroots. Yeah. And I, I, my wife was with me Yep. and, and, and I remember, um, she said, I, th I remember, I, th I think I didn't, re I don't remember it. She remembers it. So she has to kind of remind me from her perspective. Yeah. And she'll say, I met Beth. Like the, the first time she saw you again, she goes, we saw her at that party. <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of like the new, like dorky kids on the block. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, that was a fun event. Yeah. Trying to get into what's, you know, all the different, there's so much in the industry. I mean, I'm, had the understanding of bowls and joints and water oh bongs, gravity bongs. And that was probably as far as like my, you know, cannabis capacity was. So this was Absolutely. a new territory. Yeah. And the, the few, the couple months prior to that, having taken um, like, it was a woman's caregiving class and Ellen Brown uh, was the instructor and Jesus, like my mind was just blown from what I learned um, about the cannabis plan, about history I can remember little jaw drop moments when she was just telling us stuff about the patents and um, how the government knew that cannabis could help protect the brain from things like my grandmother died with dementia and to learn, oh, shoot, we've known that this is something that could be therapeutic, that could help people like her, and eventually possibly my mother, eventually possibly my, myself. These are genetic things. I just got so friggin' angry. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, it was really in, in those classes that... Um, I'd, I'd come into those classes with an ambition to just kind of get some subject matter expertise for my marketing company, um, but it, it really changed my life. Um, so just the, the that kind of ongoing commitment to educating and sharing information, I feel like that's like my purpose now. Um, but yeah, so that was 2015. So we can we can uh, rewind a little bit before that and kind of how I even ended up at that that party. Yeah, yeah, um, please. With the uh, the uh, Superstone cousin. Good <laughs> um, to have a family member that was already, you know, kind of with Oh, you. my gosh. I was like, you can come to this party. And there's going to be weed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was such a, it was just so different for me back then to go to a party like that. Like, it was like the parties that I went to with my friends, it was. Booze, 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 booze. Like nothing happened without booze. And mm -hmm. this was just tons of people smoking weed. It was like heaven to me. I didn't realize that something this could be possible. Um, but you know, kind of like a just a check, a check of the the new reality that the world was facing. But anyway, so prior to 2015, um, it's actually the timing of this this discussion is is uh it's it's kind of special because it was five years ago, May. 2020, I think it was May 24th was the day that I actually resigned. Um, but I was the director of marketing at an accounting firm uh, in Braintree. And, um, you know, this is where my career was was leading, just climbing that ladder in professional services marketing, uh, you know, the next level, make more money. Um, you know, the I next do have step to pause you real quick, but I have to bring this up. You have code switch. You should you guys should see it when Beth's at work. Like she's got corporate corporate switch, like a corporate talk, and then you got like your chill talk. I love watching you like go from like one corporate <laughs> from corporate Beth to weed Beth. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I'm still. I guess I'm trying to still make them the the one thing. But hey, I feel like that's one of my tools and one of the ways I'm able to be effective. No, um, it's true. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I was 
you know, just climbing the ladder, making money. That was what I was supposed to do. Make more money, get to the next step, make more money. Um, and in professional services marketing, it's a little, it's different. Like it's all about relationships, um, kind of long-term pursuits, um, and a lot of brand awareness. Um, but as a marketing director, what I found that the, the nature of my work was really on the administrative side and, um, I wasn't working on the kind of creative projects and the things that were exciting to me, um, you know, in previous years in different marketing roles, um, as a creative person, um, there's not much creativity you can do in accounting marketing. Um, <laughs> prior to that, I was in, uh, law firms. Um, my first law firm being Jim Sokoloff for all the Massachusetts people, oh, really? product manager at, at Jim Sokoloff. It's basically a marketing firm. Um, and, I had one-on-ones with Jim Sokolov in his office talking about media buying and messaging um, and, you know, radio versus the white pages at the time or the yellow pages at the time. Hmm. Um, crazy. But I learned a ton from him and then went on to Grant Thornton, which is a big, um, big six uh, accounting and professional services firm. And then to uh, Burns and Levinson. And that name is important uh, because it speaks to the importance the importance of um, maintaining good relationships throughout mm-hmm. your career. Um, I was the marketing communications manager at Burns and Levinson, which is a full service law firm in, in uh, Boston. And now they're one of the big cannabis firms. Um, and I find myself working with them um, in several different weird angles. And it's just been strange because I remember leaving that job and saying I would never work for lawyers again. <laughs> um, but here I am. Um, actually, one of my biggest my biggest client right now is a law firm, uh, Vicente Cedarberg. They are the cannabis law firm, and um, so all those kind of hours and years of oh my gosh, this sucks working in law firm. It positioned me to have this really fantastic uh, opportunity to work with such a brilliant team of people who have changed and created the laws here um, in the U.S. So. It wasn't for naught, um, but it was very stressful working in professional services marketing in partnerships where basically you have a bunch of bosses. Um, if you're working in a law firm where there's 100 attorneys, they're all your bosses mm-hmm. um, and they all have different styles, different, obviously, personalities, uh, different capabilities as far as it, it goes with writing or even just you know how they interact with people. Um, within law, there's lawyers that sit behind the desk versus those that are out hustling and, and, um, interacting with people and bringing on new clients. Um, so it's a weird, law firms are a weird type of place. Um, but again, it really prepared me, I think for cannabis, uh, cause it was, you know, the laws and talking about, um, being compliant and protecting your business, um, from disputes or problems, um, protecting your intellectual property. Um, so little did I know all those things would come into play as I moved into cannabis. Yeah, but um, that's, a, that's a major cultural shift for the, the law firm. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. 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 But, um, some, I'm sure you had some part in that. You know. Um, no, I didn't at all. Not for Burns and Levinson. Uh, I was kind of, uh, I was just ready to leave that type of environment, um, and move up and make more money, honestly. Um, and it was actually after I left that they started their, their marijuana practice. Oh, okay. um, it was just a weird timing thing. Um, but so May 2015, 
uh, when I'm working at the uh, accounting firm Bloom Shapiro in Braintree. Um, I am on Xanax multiple times a day um, to sleep, um, to go to meetings, to just get through the day because I absolutely hated what I was doing. And it was, I think it was good. I was 35 at the time too. Um, and I don't have children. Um, so to be a 35 year old person whose entire life really is your career, but you hate it. <laughs> um, that's, that's, it, it was a terrible feeling. Um, so it got to the point, luckily with the support of my husband, um, I was able to, I mean, the writing was on the wall. This was not a sustainable lifestyle for myself. I wasn't the type of person who wanted to be on Xanax to get through the day to go to work. Mm -hmm. um, I had never had to do that type of thing, but it was where my life was. Um, so I if quit my job. you don't mind job. me asking, how long did it take for you to come to that realization? Um, I think it was a, a couple years, but really once I was on Xanax, I remember being in my doctor's office and just like, I'm so stressed, I hate my life. Oh my God, I hate my job. Um, and I had a panic attack in the office mm. and she sent me down to go like get hooked up to leads because she was concerned I was going to like freak out. Um, so it was honestly being down there, um, connected to these machines that, where I was like, this is not this is how I want to leave, yeah. <laughs> how I want to live. Yeah. Um, so we decided, of course, we got to, you know, stay sane and protect our lives. And I quit my job. Um, and I remember writing the letter and just how felt how good it felt to write that letter. Um, sucks that sucks that I wasn't able to collect any sort of unemployment. Um, when you quit your job, you can't you can't collect. But it was yes, absolutely. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Don't it was the brag. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I made the transition. I'm poor. Uh, <laughs> no, but again, um, you know, if my situation, you know, it, it was such that I was able to to get out of that that work environment and quit. Um, and just take a pause, kind of like we're all doing right now in COVID-19. Um, but it was um, that summer, 2015, um, just, you know, I remember I applied for a job to sell furniture. Um, I was all over the place. Like, I just knew I wouldn't want, I didn't want to go back to being in that environment where I was before. Um, you never went that, to the strip clubs, though. You didn't go there. No, 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 no. I wasn't going to do that. No, no. <laughs> But um, I just, I, it was just crazy the things that I was considering. Mm -hmm. um, and then just constantly also um, with all this free time on my hand, just, you know, oh my God, I can learn about anything I want to learn about right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did tons of reading um, and I can remember so perfectly one night, uh, I remember because I was sleeping in our guest room because I was so restless. Um, left my husband in the bedroom and I, I was sitting on the guest bed. It must've been like three o'clock in the morning and I've got my phone and I'm just looking at articles, um, anything just to keep my mind stimulated or distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, so I could go back to sleep and it was an article it was in WBUR, uh, which is the Boston, um, NPR station basically. And it was an article about the medical marijuana program in Massachusetts. Um, and it was about honestly people like me, um, women who had migraines, um, you know, menstrual discomfort, um, people who used medical cannabis had their medical card in, in Massachusetts for um, anxiety and depression. Um, my ignorance, my privilege that had blinded me to really exploring this for myself before I had thought that the medical marijuana program was for end of life type of situations. Mm -hmm. um, 
I've, I've been a marijuana smoker since I was 13, um, September 6th. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know the day? Wow. <laughs> uh, excuse me, 14, September 6th, 1993. Um, oh gosh, no, everybody knows how old I am. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I have no shame about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just reading that article and, and kind of recognizing, oh, I don't know about this. Um, but hey, there are these people that are getting medical marijuana. I love weed and I got to get it through. I'm not going to say at the time, um, but you know, your family, your friends that you could get marijuana from, you know, it would be whatever strains so-and-so had and you maybe get an eighth, maybe there was an, a half, who knows. It wasn't reliable, it wasn't consistent. Um, so I said, hell yeah, I'm going to see if I can get a medical card, then I can get weed all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went to integrate up in Burlington. Um, and, um, I feel like the doctor's name was Dr. Einstein, um, <laughs> 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 uh, but they approved me and it turned out that, um, the condition that they approved me for was not, you know, anxiety, not headaches. Um, I had this and I still do have this condition It's called piriformis syndrome, uh, every now and then you hear me complain about it, but um, it's basically the muscle that your sciatic nerve goes through in your glute. Um, mm -hmm. And mine basically snapped when I was working with a personal trainer trying to get in shape mm -hmm. um, back when I was, uh, I don't know, trying to keep up with the Joneses in some way. Um, but I, I was pretty seriously injured um, in that. And that's what they gave me my card for. And I remember him very specifically saying, we're going to do it for that. You're going to have that forever. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Great, thanks. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, I remember these bits and pieces. But even in that meet, that that um, that consultation with the doctor, uh, there wasn't a lot of information. I mean, basically, he was like, "Okay, you have your card. You go to the state and do this, fill out this form, and then go to the dispensary." But I mean. I had never known that there were different strains. Right. Um, like I had heard people say, oh, this is some cher cherry pie. This is um, Northern Lights. But I didn't really think that that was real. I just thought that was like, oh, fucking stoners. Like they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like <laughs> it's one goddamn plan. It's either good or it's bad. Yeah. Um, but again, like just stupid ignorance. Like I had never picked up a high times or anything because that was like a different group than what I than who I was even though I smoked all the time it was just like I sometimes want to kick myself for just being so just you know judgmental of something that I, I did but that was um you know that's society and that's the stigma um I was very like shameful of my can cannabis use um but also loved it forever mm -hmm. <laughs> um so um I don't know so so Getting my medical card was kind of the start of it. Um, and that fall, September, um, like it was September 13th, 14th of 2015, uh, the New England Cannabis Convention had their first Boston convention at the castle in Boston. And it was cool. Um, I had been there a few years ago. I went to college down in Rhode Island, but we had a, a an event at the castle. So I was like, oh, I know that place. I'll go in there. Yeah. Um, but I went into it thinking that I would meet some of these ragtag companies that would really benefit from my sophisticated skills. Um, <laughs> and Thanks for listening to the podcast. Before you go, please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and comment. We appreciate it. That's how we spread the word. And if you'd like to learn more about me and my mission when it comes to climate, cannabis in the community, please 
Check me out at asiaatwood.com. Be well.